It's the Division B podcast with me, Brandon Moss, and him, Ben Georgiel. Hello, and welcome to episode nine. The first normal episode of this series, and the first and last, no, not the first, the last episode... (laughs) Um, we're actually going to have two sports because uh, after the draft day next week, uh, which is going to be our special, when we come back for the end of uh, May, we're going to majority talk about the NFL and not uh, English football. Uh, we feel like it's a, a lot easier to talk yeah. about and we, we, yeah. we enjoy talking about it more than football. I think that's the thing with the NFL, isn't it? So much can happen and actually does happen yeah exactly whereas and as we've seen in the last 48 hours which we'll get oh. on to a lot is talked about in football but not much actually <laughs> happens it's true it's true but we will still cover the big stories yeah. like we have today um but like i said we're gonna get straight into the nfl week this week but um before that ben how you been i'm great i i, I'm, I think before we get into us i think we owe okay. the listeners two apologies well one apology i, I don't know how many people read the description on our episodes, but we said penultimate football week. And we've obviously, we've, we've, we've had a change of plan, and schedules are busy. We're both working men at the moment. Made sense to do this week's today, and yeah. that's why we're here. So, same time, same place next actually, a bit later in the day, the <laughs> same day next week uh, for our NFL draft special. And I said two apologies, but to be quite frank, I can't remember what the second one was. That's okay, Ben. How would we move? Head? We move. How are you? Yeah. Oh, okay, thank you. Um, I'm okay. Yeah, like 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 mentioned, the last forty eight hours have been overwhelmed mm. for everyone in this country. Like Boris Johnson's got involved. I didn't think didn't think I'd expect that. But at least it's not coronavirus talk. At least you've got true. something other than or coronavirus Brexit. talk. Or Brexit. <laughs> My God, how the times have changed. Um, but yeah, I'm okay. Apart from this story, I'm talking about this week, Ben, which yeah. I'm not okay. Well. I'm not okay because it's a sad. It was a sad day. It actually broke. The news broke on our show last week. It did. Um, but I'm gonna de- dive deeper into uh, more of this. So Julian Edelman, twelve seasons in the NFL, um, has retired from the New England Patriots and uh, football. Um, he's had some really bad injuries over the last few years and only played um, not 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 many games to be fair. So we saw it coming, but. It's it was a sad day for I think everyone in the NFL because the man's he's a staple for the last ten years, mm. especially with that dynasty he had with Tom Brady and um Rob Gronkowski. Mm. But yeah, so um, yeah, it was just, it was a sad day, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm kind of dreading the day as we've just been talking about before recording this that big Fitz leaves the no, Cardinals and you know that's that's only a matter of time, sir. So. It, it, you know, as you said, Edelman isn't just an icon in the Patriots jersey. He's an icon through the league. You know, some people this week have been saying possibly not a Hall of Famer, possibly a Hall of Famer. You know, I think he should be. I've got a few stats here which 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 prove he should I'll, be. I'll, I'll let you provide the stats and then right, I'll the, give my thought. The interesting thing about this is he took the same type of path as um, Tom Brady. Mm. He was drafted in 2009 and he was a seven round pick as a QB wasn't he as a quarterback mm. yeah I think he was at I don't know what it is Ken, Ken, Ken State Ken, wasn't yeah. it yeah so he was um, yeah he was 
drafted as a quarterback in the seventh round. Um, pick number 232, which is, I think, 33 more than what Tom Brady was. I think Tom Brady was 199. I don't remember. Yeah, something like it's, that. Um, but yeah, with the Hall of Fame stuff, Julian Nudderman has three Super Bowls to his name. Okay, yeah. He was a Super Bowl MVP for Super Bowl 53, where they famously came back to beat the Atlanta Falcons after being 28-3 down. Yeah. And he actually made a fantastic catch in that. Um, he caught it actually, it, I think he jumped up, he caught it, and then he, it like dropped off his helmet and he caught it inches away from the ground. And then we went on and scored a touchdown. In his career, he's had 620 receptions. Wow. 6,822 yards. So that's what? 1,000 yards every 100 game? I don't know. Works um, and thirty six <laughs> touchdowns, which to be fair isn't a lot, but you know you've had players like Rob Gronkowski who Tom Brady mm. was proper buddies with. Um, and the main stat about this guy is he was he got the second most postseason yards in the NFL um, in terms of receptions and yards. So that was one hundred and eighteen receptions in the postseason wow. and one hundred one thousand sorry one thousand four hundred forty two yards in the postseason, which is second to. Um, Obviously, the San Francisco 49ers legend, Jerry Rice. Rice. Um, and he was the lead in receiving yards in Super Bowl wins. Mm. So, in all three of them wins he had, he got the most receiving yards, which is more than, obviously, Gronkowski and um, Danny Amendola, who was also there at the time. But I think I think saying he's not a Hall of Famer, I'm not saying... I know there's a lot of people, a lot of pundits and journalists saying that he shouldn't, he's, he's not going to be. But I think what, what he's done... I mean, we saw yesterday... Or they put Alex Smith, yeah. um, the guy who came back from a really bad injury, almost lost his life. I, I can see him probably being a Hall of Famer, not because of maybe what he's done on the field, but of how he's came back and things like that. And you look at Edelman, he's seventh round pick and he's won three Super Bowls and he's the second most leading receiving yard holder of all time in the postseason. So I think he will... Um, but he was, yeah, he was great. He was great to watch. I mean, that's the thing. He was, a, he was a leader for the Patriots, especially this past season without Brady. A lot of people said that even though he was injured, he was, he was still in his in a driver's seat. Yeah. So first question for you is, who's the leader for the Patriots? I mean, you've got you got a very new roster. There's speculation you could trade up to get certain players in the draft. You could trade back. You know, anything can happen going into the twenty twenty one season. Who who's that? If it was in football, who's the one wearing the armband? I think it is one of the new guys. Um, like I mentioned the other week, our lead, we had our leading receiver last year actually didn't score any touchdowns. <laughs> he, he, led, he led our team in receiving yards, but he never scored a touchdown. Like, mm. And I think, our, what's his name? Someone, Izzo. Um, he went a few weeks ago to the Houston Texans for a seventh round pick. Mm. Like You saw what we were working with. He was our first string... Uh, tight end last year and he's gone for a seventh round pick he's nothing <laughs> so I think it's either going to be obviously Joni Smith from the um, Titans that we've yeah. got Hunter Henry uh, from the Chargers and Nelson Aguilar from the Raiders but out of them three I think Hunter Henry will be it because he, I think uh, to me he's proven the most out of um, the last few seasons right. what he's like how he can be and he is like that Rob Gronkowski type character yeah. who can drive drive us forwards and I think um, he's a he's a really good receiver for Cam Newton mm. um, that he should have. But obviously the other two are also fantastic players. But I think Hunter Henry is going to be that standout man. Yeah. Um, 
out of our receiving receiving core next year. I think you know him being with the Chargers this past year, not lighting it up as such, but definitely showing or helping show how Justin Herbert can be yeah. as a quarterback. I think that only puts Cam and if you draft a quarterback or bring in Jimmy G again in in great position. Mm. But the, the thing that I love is that. Where, I don't know if you saw this interview of Justin Herbert. I think he said it quite a few times in multiple interviews. But apparently he got into the huddle and Justin Herbert went, who are you? <laughs> and, and Justin was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the QB, I'm in. And Hunter Henry went, oh, are you? Oh, okay, let's go then. And it's like... It shows he's a leader. Yeah, but with a bit, hopefully a bit of a jokey side. Like, I, likes, well, you, like to you, don't get a joke. you don't get any jokes <laughs> yeah. with bloody Bill Belichick's team, do you? Look at him. Um, I'm surprised. I'm I'm surprised Matt Matt Judon or Hightower went said or anyone on the defense. But I guess you know, despite one of our titles or episode being defense wins championships. That's true. But if we're losing a wide receiver, yeah, you got to bring it back with someone in the same thing. Yeah. Um, if you do look to the to, to the defense, Dante Hightower is obviously back. Um, and we had we had pretty good defense last year. Mm. Um, it was just the offense which. Were, Shambles. So with with wide receiver stepping up, who who's stepping up in that wide receiver room? I mean, you've you've obviously brought in Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. The tight ends obviously aren't in the wide receiver room, so that's out of the conversation. Nelson Aguilar. I'll, I'll stop you there. Nelson Aguilar's <laughs> the only wide receiver we have. Right. He's, he's the only one. Second round, third round, fourth round picks. Are you hoping for another receiver? Because uh... in Kill well, Harry hasn't really done anything, has he? No. He's he's suffered with injuries and he's not. He's not done really no. anything. There were talks about him leaving as well. I saw um, that yeah. the other week, but I'd like to. Well, you never know. If we move up, or if we move up in the draft, we could take maybe a Jamar Chase, Jam- Jalen Waddle, Devontae you know, Smith. We could, we could, but I think we do need more wide receivers. We've just mm. lost our main one. Basically, he was out for half the season last year. But yeah. Nelson Aguilar, main wide receiver we brought in. Um, and like I said, we really struggled last season with it. And mm. we do need... We've got two great tight ends now. We just have to get back to getting them two great wide receivers like we had before with Edelman and Amendola. Yeah. And we should be... We should be hopefully on course um, to bigger and better things again. Do, do you reckon uh, Edelman can stay within the franchise and remain a positive almost feeder into the squad, into the young squad, into the young, well, the inevitably young wide receiving room yeah. we're going to have. Do you reckon Bill's, you know, trying to get something in there with him? I like to think so. I think at the moment he may just chill. He's just going <laughs> to chill for a few weeks or maybe a, maybe a year. Well, he hasn't got his Disneyland trip this he year. He hasn't got he? his mom, unfortunately, <laughs> not for him. Um, but I can see him come back as a wide receivers coach mm. or, or not an offensive coordinator because you need a lot more lot more knowledge than um, what he, he yeah. probably has at the moment. Um, but I did see, which will actually kill me, um, if he goes, comes out of retirement and goes to the Bucks. Could you imagine? Brady, I mean, it's Gronk, not... Yeah. And I like to think, because he's, because he's retired, because he's injured, that he's like, I'm definitely not coming back, I'm injured. But, ah, uh, who knows? Could you imagine? It's not impossible. Could you imagine? He's old though, he's like 35. I did see, uh, I was doing something for me and Brandon and I was going through the logos of the league and it was quite funny because someone had done the New England Patriots logo but put rather than, the, like in the head they managed to make the skin of the, the face, the Bucks logo. 
Because <laughs> that's the team. That it's it's going to be the new bloody Southampton. Liverpool being yeah, the new Southampton. It is, it is. I hope not. But yeah, overall, he's had a great career. Yeah. I think he will be a Hall of Famer one day. Um, maybe not first ballot, but no. I think he will be. And it's a massive loss for the franchise. It was the last one out of them three to go. And it's it's now really a new new era for the New England Patriots. Mm. And so, it's, where yeah. where where do you see yourself in your division next year then? Well, I mentioned the other week. I think we'll finish second. I think we'll come behind the Bills, who are going to steam it again. I think they'll win at least four more games than us. Yeah. But I think we could do one on the um, Dolphins this year and the Jets, yeah. despite them probably getting Zach Wilson and really got anything else, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's okay. I think that leads quite nicely into my my last NFL topic of, of <laughs> series one. Uh, this isn't my power rankings. The power rankings will follow. But this is uh, I'm I'm kind of going on a similar theme to the last couple of weeks. You know, I, I've kind of gone down the the line of who's best, what situation's mm. best, what division's best, who should we see in the future and stuff and. This week, I'm talking about the best divisions heading into the 2021 season. Now, obviously, for it's the first, interesting one. it is, and I did have to get some um, peer review from my co-host Brandon uh, to make sure my thoughts weren't biased. <laughs> because <laughs> I I speak about the Cardinals a lot on this podcast. Um, perhaps not all the time is granted, but I definitely feel that this one is granted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but straight off the bat. I have five uh, divisions I'm ruling out. Out of the eight, I'm, I'm ruling out five. And the NFC East, so they were the first division in a very long time where no team had a winning record. Sorry, no, that's AFC East. No, NFC but East. NFC, it is yeah, NFC right. East. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not one team had a winning record. So you debate... I if that's ever happened before. I, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't look into How it. How shit I must you be? Yeah. So God. I think in, in that division you have three teams in a re, in a rebuild and one team denying they're in a rebuild but they're in a rebuild with the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, you know the Eagles have come out today saying that Jalen Hurts isn't their starting quarterback, despite. I, I mean, haven't seen that. The, I so haven't seen them yet. The, the the head coach actually said it's because I haven't seen him on field. I've only seen tape, and I get that because you know under a certain scheme it may suit him. Under your yeah. scheme it may not and stuff. But the Eagles are definitely in a rebuild. You know, like with the Patriots, they've lost Carson Wentz, they've lost Nelson Aguilar, they've lost Zach Ertz. They haven't really got anything there. Yeah. So, I think that's the same with the Giants. And other than having Fitzmagic and Chase Young at the Washington football team, there's okay. nothing in that league. There's nothing in that division. No. It's not exciting. The AFC South. I would have been worried if you had, <laughs> had them in your top five or whatever. No. I'd be very worried. The AFC South, out of the question... I think at the moment, as of right now, I think it's between the Titans and Colts. The Texans yeah. aren't... Like, at the moment, the Texans, we don't even know if they have a quarterback. What's going to happen with him? Who knows? Hopefully, we find out within the next week. But That's been going on for our ages yeah, now. And with the allegations, it's probably not helping. Few, few uh, so, they're out. The NFC South... Now, this is the Buccaneers division. And mm. this is an interesting one because before... With with New Orleans, they they may be up there for me, but with Jameis Winston or Taysom five, Hill, five threes, yeah. yeah, possibly taking the reins, God knows what's going to happen. And again, the Panthers and Falcons going through rebuilds, not exciting, nothing exhilarating there. Sure. NFC North, 
It's the Packers division. I don't need to go any further than that. Yep. And the AFC West is the Chiefs division. I don't need to go any further than that. Yep. So, that leaves the NFC West, which is the Cardinals, the Seahawks, 49ers and the Rams. Yep. The AFC North, which is the Steelers, the Browns, the Ravens, the Bengals. And the AFC East, which is the Patriots, Dolphins, Jets and Bills. Now, I'm going to go straight into the NFC West. This is my division. This is the Cardinals division. So, fun fact, each team has won the division in the last five seasons. Really? Each team has won it in the last five seasons. When did you win it? 2014? 2015. 2015? My God. So, the Rams and 49ers have both been to the Super Bowl in 2018 and 2019. Seven Super Bowls in the division. 15 Super Bowl appearances. And now, with the trades that have happened... You have Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford, Kyler Murray, Jimmy G, and possibly a rookie quarterback. Jeez. Like, I mean, not only the QBs, but the wide receiving calls, the defences. You have, I'm going to say three and a half very good teams, because with the 49ers, we don't know what we're going to get this season Mm -hmm. yet. But the Rams, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks. Debatably, the three, three of the best five teams in the NFC. I think I, yeah, that, your division is like the Super League. Mm. It's the, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the combination of, like you said there about, what was it, 15 Super Bowl appearances? 15 Super Bowl in, appearances. Since in when? 54 years, is it now? 55 years? I mean, you look at the rounds of the Super Bowl runners-up in 2016 or 17, there's 49ers in 2019, the, the Seahawks in 2014, you know? It in 2012, whenever yeah. it was. It's that is a tough decision, yeah. uh, division, and it's a really tough one to call. You saw the 49ers go to the Super Bowl, then last and then season bombed it. Like the Rams yeah. as well, yeah. they they were great in 2016, but they were poor. Then they were great, and then they dropped off again. Yeah. And now you boys are poor, and now you're great. <laughs> and the Seahawks were great, 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 and they're slowly pulling off. Can they be poor this season as a request of Ben George L? <laughs> uh, this moves me on to the next division, the AFC North. Now, mm. this division, it's, it's, I'd say it's actually quite similar to the NFC West. You know, the Cardinals have kind of been the laughing stock of the NFC West for a while. Um, and the Bengals, until 2016, were actually almost in the playoffs every season. Wow. Which I would never have guessed in my time watching the league. That's when I first yeah, exactly. kind of started. Yeah. But recently it was obviously the Browns who went yeah. 0-16 and, and the season before that 1-15 and, and then 6-10 and 10, and now they're a playoff team yeah. without question I think as well especially heading into the 2021 season. But the AFC North has been recently dominated by the Steelers mm. as we know apart from the 2019 season where Lamar Jackson had an MVP season people were shocked he didn't make it to the Super Bowl I would agree um, Titans did one. The Titans. Dark Horse. Oh, Ryan Tannehill that year was incredible. Yeah. Um, but it's becoming more open. You see, three. They were the, the first division to have three teams in the playoffs. Wow. The Browns almost did one over the Chiefs. They did. The Steelers went eleven and zero. Yeah. The year before, the Ravens went eight and zero before losing. Or even I think they. I can't remember. It was definitely eight and zero. It may have been nine and zero. I can't remember. So you have. The Ravens and the Steelers with the best win streaks in the league for the past two seasons. Eight Super Bowl wins, 12 Super Bowl appearances, and now you have Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, 
Browns as a whole team, not just focused around Baker. And I think the Steelers need to go into a rebuild. Well, they... Yeah, big, yeah, big Ben's game. old. Big Ben's old, and... Isn't Tom Brady old? Yeah, but I've never... I've Steelers actually, defense. Steelers defense is... You can't change that, really. Well, Bud, Bud Dupree's gone, so it's just J.J. Watt on his own now. He got the um, Bush, Devin Bush. Devin Bush, but he was injured for a lot of the season last mm. season. So, it's like, I think I think they, they pulled in Dwayne Haskins from yeah. Washington football team. Is Steve oh. Tomlinson trying to do something with him? We, we don't know. Steve Tomlinson has just signed a new contract to 2024, which means he would have been there for, I think it's like 25 years or something. <laughs> well, no, maybe not as long as that, like 18 years. But I think the AFC North is an ever-developing division. And, I mean, as the NFL is in general, but in a sense, we never know who's going to win it. And I think that is almost, almost the equivalent to the NFC West. Yeah, the big shockers there were obviously the Browns over the last few years. Mm. I think it was, I think it was 2016 or 2017 when they finished um, not in 16. Yeah. And then four years later, they're three, four years later in the playoffs. Competing against Mahomes. And you're one... You're a few points away from reaching yeah. the AFC Championship game. Um, yeah, that division is a. It is like it is like your division where it's a tough one to call. You don't know who's going to be who's going to turn up next season. Like no. Lamar didn't turn up this season very very well. He weren't he no. weren't great. Uh, the Steelers turned up for like you said the first eleven games and, and then, then lost <laughs> five of their last six. Um, but yeah, it's that's a tough one to call. And you never know if Joe Burrow stays fit. And they get a good where what pick are they five 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 mm. and they get a Cole Pitts or someone. It are the Bengals back to where they were. Who they, knows? Bengals are one of the only teams to have never reached the Super Bowl. Really? That is a fun fact. fact that is a good fact. Fact of the day. What's the other ones? I can't remember. Oh well. <laughs> Carry on, Ben. Tell uh, us about the last one. Your division, AFC East. Now, I hand on heart solemnly swear to our listeners, this isn't biased because Brown is a Patriots fan and I'm a Cardinals fan. This is based on statistics that I've read. And just as a spectator, I think there are teams that you prefer watching, as in every sport. Sure. So, AFC East. The only division with two teams unbeaten in the regular season. Dolphins, yeah. Yeah. Dolphins, Patriots. Sorry, I feel like I'm going to sneeze. I'm not... Uh, same mushrooms. Where's the pineapple? <laughs> lemons. Is it lemons? Lemons. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll so, test it out next yeah. week. <laughs> that's that's the Dolphins in 1972 when obviously they went completely unbeaten yeah. won the Super Bowl and your boys in 2007 before losing I think it was in the, the Giants. AFC. AFC. Oh no, it was the, the Super Bowl, Bowl wasn't it? Giants. You know. So yeah, the next day is the 1972 Dolphins completely unbeaten. They have their special blazers. You know, yeah, their light blue turquoise blazers which I think they're rocking the hell out of it 80 years old Beautiful. or however old they are now. Three winners in 15 years, which I know, like, out of the four doesn't... It, it sounds okay. And then, yeah, the Patriots have Well, won. you break it down and you say that no team has ever gone back-to-back until since the... Wait, what do you mean, three winners in like So the last... Winners. No, 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 no. So the division oh, winners... You've had oh sorry, three, I'm bad. three I'm of bad. the four have won it. Sorry. So obviously, I think that's yeah. This includes 2020 when the dynasty right. of the Patriots was seen to be over. Um, so the Bills, I mean, and the Bills just look. I think they may have even beaten the Super Bowl team from two years ago mm. with how they played. They were yeah. they were unbelievable. Um, 
And so the, uh, the Dolphins went in 2008 and obviously the Bills in 2020. The Patriots have, the, have had the GOAT head coach and quarterback. So it hasn't really been a surprise that it was pure domination for 13 or 15 seasons. Yeah. Like, uh, the Bills dynasty, is the, could that become a thing? You've got Emmanuel Sanders coming in to give Stefan Diggs a bit of leeway, possibly, mm. possibly put Stefan Diggs on single coverage. You know, you have a high draft pick, sorry, a low draft pick. Could work in their favour, could not. Could just address a very simple thing like, oh yeah, let's just get a, a, a one slash second round wide receiver talent yeah. or linebacker or something simple that just fills those, those, those minute gaps that they have. It's not many. No, exactly. Uh, the Dolphins are competing again. Mm. There's hope that Tua gets the faith of his players on his side again. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, they have, they have the sixth pick. They can get in a receiver, a running back. If Kyle Fitz is there, they could have Kyle Fitz and Grissetti. Jalen Waddle's he's a main receiver when he was that, there. No, that, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, was Jalen Waddle, yeah. Alabama. Uh, it's, so many links can happen in this draft of receivers and quarterbacks. It's, it's amazing. Um, and then the Patriots and the Jets both in rebuilds. Definitely at different stages. You know, with, with the Patriots, you have, as mentioned before, you have the GOAT head coach. So he knows what he's doing. He knows what he wants. He's had an incredible free agency. Yeah. Incredible. And the Jets, well, let's move on. Uh, nine Super they, Bowls. They're gonna, they're not, they can't, awesome. they can't yeah. really go back, can they? No, no. no. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're such a bad football team that they won when they didn't want to win. Yeah. And it wasn't the even, Joys. It was against, I think it was against the Browns as well. Or the Seahawks. Oh, I don't even think it was a so, bad <laughs> opponent. Like, oh, I think it was the Rams. I think it was the yeah, Rams. you're right. I think it was, was it away at the Rams? I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was against the Rams. Rams. <laughs> oh, insane. Uh, but no, nine Super Bowls in that division. 21 Super Bowl appearances. Yeah. Out of 55 or 56. 54. 54 Super Bowls. Super Bowl 55. 55 Super Bowls. God. They've almost... Someone from the AFC East has been in... What's that? 40%? Above 40% of the Super Bowls? I mean, that is a phenomenal figure. I think it was... I I saw a stat saying, like, Tom Brady has won 15% of all the Super Bowls played. That is insane. Like, it was a mad... Incredible stat, which you wouldn't see on many other sports any anywhere else in the world but that division I'm not saying it because I'm a Patriots fan but you look at the Bills and I think the only reason they lost to the Chiefs last year in that in the um, championship games because they've never they haven't experienced no. it it's a new team the Chiefs have experienced it the previous year and obviously yeah. they were at home because um, they didn't look great in the in the uh, Super Bowl either mm. and they and obviously Patrick Mahomes had come back from his um, concussion, also his toe thing. Over that was turf toe. Turf toe. Um, mm. And like you said, the other two, the Patriots and the Dolphins. Yeah, like um, they're they're going to be they're going to be neck and neck next year. I yeah. think it's going to be a fight for second. Um, I think the team who finishes second will get in the playoffs as a wild card team because there's obviously seven now since yeah. last year. Um, Jets are. They'll, they can be there in a few years' time. Yeah. They can be there in a few years' time if they want to. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, if I were to pick one of them divisions, I would go your one. Yeah. But what is your one, Ben? Not your division, your, your <laughs> choice. 
yeah, I, I just don't really see anything outside the NFC. I think the NFC West. I think yeah. if you put the AFC North and the AFC East together, you make the NFC West. Yeah. Like, I think, as you've just said with playoff picture in the 2021 season, I think that final playoff card spot is going to come from the third place in the AFC East or the AFC North. For your boys. I think for us, I hope that we can do it and not lose out to Mitchell Trubisky of the Bears because that's a bit embarrassing. I mean, he's not even there anymore. So, you know, fingers crossed. It's not possible to get all four teams, is it? No. No, it is. No, it is now. It is. You can. Yeah. Do you reckon we'll ever see that? I think it's going to be from one of our divisions. Like, as in the AFC East or NFC West. If, if the, if, I think you're, I think you're, you're we're few, more likely. Yeah, you're a few, you're yeah, way, way yeah. more years out. But if the Jets can actually turn themselves around with Robert Salah, that's a... Could you imagine oh. all four teams getting into the playoffs? That'd be insane. Sorry, carry on. You were, saying, <laughs> you were talking about <laughs> but yeah, the I think I think the NFC West. I, I, you have four teams at the moment who can all be a playoff team. Yeah. George Kittle wasn't there last year. Jimmy G wasn't there last year. Most uh, wasn't there for them, for the 49ers. The, and, you know, Richard Ayuk, who was their rookie wide receiver, looked in really good. So I think this is just a team who's going to grow and grow and grow and grow. So that's what makes it the best division. You're all, you're all on the up, basically. All, all there. All there. All there. So we've talked about the three best divisions. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to ask you for the three worst divisions, but who, in your opinion... Is the worst division NFC East without a question. Okay. Still, yeah, three teams in rebuild. One team denying a rebuild because oh, my America's team and you know Jerry Jones at the wild and we're gonna win and we haven't got a team to win. Dak didn't even have a contract until he the kid until the, the guy didn't have an ankle until <laughs> February. Doesn't get a contract till March. They're a mess. Like. I watch a, a video game streamer called Tim the Tatman, who's quite big in the gaming community. He's a massive Cowboys fan. Never met somebody who chats more waffle in his life. Oh, yeah. As the Cowboys, we have great tight ends. It's just a position we have. Who was your tight end last year? Tell me who your tight end was. I don't know. You don't know. Exactly. <laughs> because they were shite. They were shit. They were crap. They were... Oh, my God. The fact that even they were even close to getting playoffs kind of aggravated me mm. because they didn't deserve it. They did not deserve it in what my opinion. What was their record? Five seven and oh, no, seven. Uh, five six and nine. That was it? Yeah, yeah. They're not. They were not good. Six, six and ten, six and ten. Do you reckon it will be a division next year when still no team gets a positive record, or do you reckon the uh, the Washington football team can? can push their way into I, into at least a positive one. I think it's between Washington and Dallas. I think if... if After chatting all that rubbish about Dallas, you think <laughs> they're going to be positive records? I, I, <laughs> like, if you let me hear me out. So they, they, had their, they had their franchise quarterback for six games or five games before he had a horrible injury. Yeah, like, yeah. It was not nice. Their franchise running back didn't look himself. He was pretty terrible as well. Mm. Their receivers weren't great. They had an un. They had two undrafted quarterbacks playing before Andy Dalton got a chance. I don't know what that was about. They have a new head coach. They have Dan Quinn coming in for the defensive coordinator. There's a lot of turnaround happening in that franchise in in one go as well, but not much in the personnel department. 
So if they can continue with free agency and get in some players that suit their needs and they draft well, then in that division they could probably go, you know, nine and seven and be a playoff team still. Yeah. But I think Washington have the momentum going into twenty twenty one. Yeah, absolutely. So but they, no, they'll, be East, they'll be back to the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I think they will. I think that's the great thing about the NFL. Oh, 100%. Is you may be down for 10 years. But you're not out. But in the next 10 years, you may be up. Like the Browns. Yeah. And you saw them, Cowboys, America's team. They're on a down moment, but they'll be back up. The Washington football team, they're on a serious down. Now they're on their way back up. Um, if we take it back to the best division, the... Yeah. NFC West. Uh, there was an article that came out the other week. I heard it on the Around the NFL podcast, which is the second best podcast uh, about NFL in this country. Even though it's American, it's really big over here. Um, obviously, the Division B podcast is a lot better than that. Yeah. Um, the article is the PFF... I don't know what that stands for. Was it Pro... Pro Football Focus. Pro Football Focus. They do it every year. They predict... It's like it's like a betting. It's a betting app, I think. Over and under. Yeah, yeah over and under things. Yeah. Um, they predict the uh, the win percentages and how many how many wins they reckon each team's going to get. So in that division, you like you mentioned the NFC West. What have they said is going to be the over under wins for each team in that division? And do you think they are going to get that? Are they going to be? That's what I want you to do, Ben. I want you. Say that they say the team, and then you say, "Do you think you're going to get over this or under this?" I'll I'll, I'll go with bottom up. I'll go bottom up. Your bottom up. So okay. fourth to first. This is as of April thirteenth. They've been releasing them weekly at the moment. I have they. Uh, Fine. To be quite frank, I apologise, listeners. This is lazy of me, but we are preparing for an amazing special next week for the draft. Uh, Some cheeky sections as well. Very good sections. Tune in. Don't forget draft day. Listen to us before second round. It'll be worth it. Friday morning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, April 13th, PFF. They do it weekly. I couldn't be bothered to look at it yesterday. And I'm not going to lie, it kind of hurt me. Oh, really? As, uh, I haven't probably... Yeah. I've, I've looked at them a little bit, but I haven't properly seen them, so I want to get so, your opinion. In fourth... <sighs> I guess, I'm guessing that means... They have the Arizona Cardinals with eight wins. They are expecting us to go eight and eight again. Now eight and nine, eight and nine, seventeen. Yeah, you're right. Jeez, uh, I don't think that's right. I I think we'll go ten and ten seven. and ten and seven. I think we have we have quite a nice um, schedule in terms of the teams are playing. Obviously, we don't know the dates yet. We have the NFC North as our NFC competitor, and in my opinion, we can beat the Bears. We can beat the Vikings. Yeah. We can definitely beat the Lions. And the Packers is... If we beat them, have a fucking party. Mm. But if we don't, it's A-Rod playing that. as A-Rod. Yeah. You're not going to beat them. So... I think that's harsh. Yeah, I, I think, think so. A little bit harsh. I think Cliff has finally understood how to play with Kyler. Yeah. I think Kyler and D-Hop's communication, coordination is just... I think it's almost unmatched. I think Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs are the number one pair at the moment. Um, Brady Gronk. Yeah, as well. And I was a new. You could be the new Brady. We could be. Oh well, if D hops around for that long. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think that's quite harsh. I I, I, I do. Agree. I agree. Um, I I don't think it's going to be like 
you know, a 12 and 7. Oh, sorry, 12 and 6 or whatever it is. I don't, I don't think it's going to be like that. I think it's I think it's going to be around the 8 and 8. I don't think it's going to be 9 and 8. You think it's going to be around the 8 and 8? Which doesn't even... <laughs> this, is, oh, <laughs> this is not going to be eight fun! And nine. Eight and I think it's going to be slightly up. I think it'll be 11 and 8, okay. uh, 11 and 7, whatever it is now. I think I think that's what we should be aiming for. I think we should be definitely aiming for a positive record. I think you'll I think you'll get it. Yeah. Then Seahawks. Now this is where I hate Seahawks third. Yeah. Now this is where I get really annoyed with okay. with the with the American side of things. They have halves in a lot of things. Yeah. Nine and a half wins. So effectively, you could say they're going to have an equal season. Or, or no, just just above. Mm. So they they will have a nine and eight. <laughs> I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, it, it depends on how how well they've they fixed that relationship between Carol and Russ. I think that's I think that's the deal and end all. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, they have the 49ers with ten and a half wins. So they think that the 49ers are coming out. I'm going to disagree. I think the 49ers will still be bottom of our division. They still don't know who their quarterback. They don't know is. who their quarterback is. George Kittle's coming back. And he has a great link with Jimmy G, but if there's no Jimmy G, are we going to get the full offense? I, I, obviously, I mean offensive, but are we going to get the full uh, George Kittle catching and running the ball, not just his blocking side of things? Yeah. I don't know that we will, mm. but we have to wait and see. But again, I, I reckon, I, I think if anyone's going to go negative, negative in our division, it is them. I, I'd agree. And then agree. top, Rams. I can see this. They're ten and a half wins as well mm-hmm. as the 49ers. I think they're going to go more than that. I think they're going to win our division this season. But you got Matt Stafford in. He's never been and at a, he's never been at a good team. He doesn't no. know what it's and like. We covered this in our NFL episode two weeks ago. If you haven't listened, go and listen. I don't know. I've listened. I don't remember <laughs> this. <laughs> uh, we covered this very briefly, and I said I reckon it could be the missing key. It could be the missing key. It can go either way. I, yeah, I think it, it could be the missing key. Or it could be the thing that pulls all the bricks out from underneath. Yeah. And as we've said two, three, four times now, this is what makes the NFL so interesting, is we just don't know what's going to happen. We just don't. The joys. The joys. The joys in the NFL. So we're going to stick on the... Um, I think that was the last question. Yeah, it was. We're going to stick <laughs> on the uh, NFL sides yeah. before we head into the, the big chat. Um you're doing your power rankings this week, Ben. Tell us, tell us what it's about. So, I've named it the top five game changers in the league. But um, I, I don't think it's game changers. I think it's impact players. I think it's, it's the more suitable name yeah. of, of thinking of it. And again, due to our special next week, a lot of work is being done in that when I have the time to. <laughs> so, these are kind of names just off the top of my head. But I think they're good names. I think they're good names. So, I've given Brandon... Uh, the top five names. Yep. And as we've previously done, just for a bit of fun between us two while we record it, is number five. Who do you think out of that list is number five? Um, it's a toughie. I'm between two at the moment. Or am I between three? Well, well, the thing is, they're all they all play for good teams, so it's not like they're the standout <laughs> no. player. As as Brandon's thinking, I'll let our listeners know. So our top five are between Devontae Adams, Patrick Mahomes, George Kittle, Nick Chubb and Aaron Donald. Is that the order? No. Oh, damn it! <laughs> I thought I'd catch you out there. Um, number five, I will go for George Kittle. You're correct. Oh, 
boy, yes, yeah. look at that. Oh, we're, we're quite good at these. We're, we're quite right. good at we're predicting. Okay. I got a full house. You got almost a full house. Let's start it. Come anyway, on now. Uh, I'm looking for a full house this week. The fifth, not top five game changers in the league, impact okay. players. Scratch Number five, out. George Kittle. Now, drafted in the 2017 draft, round five. I had to put that stat in for all the players. <laughs> Just to remind you, for the sixth time this episode, draft special next week. Tune in. Uh, he's had two Pro Bowls in four years. That's pretty good. Hard 2020 season, personally. He had two mm. injuries. He only played five games, or four and a half yeah. games. Wow. Uh, which, of which they won three and lost two. So... I don't think it would have been that effective. With And plus, Jimmy G wasn't there for all the games, so he didn't have his major link-up. In 2019, no, his last big season, where he played the full season, 85 receptions, 1,053 yards, five touchdowns. Now, for a tight end who's more of a guard, yeah. a physical player, I mean, his nickname is The Joker, because... He has the funny side to him, but he's also the guy. Fucking, yeah. he's crazy. crazy, but not to the point where you think he's schizo or something. He's just, he's just crazy. Uh, Super Bowl appearance, and he only had, I think it was three receptions in the Super Bowl. He was completely wiped out by the Chiefs. Yeah. They knew, I mean, playing against the Chiefs when they have their own tight end and Travis Kelsey, you have two of the best tight ends. In NFL history, yeah, the Chiefs went in with a game plan and they stuck to it. And George Kittle barely saw the ball. Uh, I don't think he even got a first down in the Super Bowl. Did he not? I think they just they were on him. Um, is he the best tight end in the game? For me personally, I'm going to say yes. I think he's better than Travis Kelsey. I think his line on his work on the offensive line beats Kelsey, but Kelsey's catch and run and progression down the field is, is is almost his better tool but I think the fact that he is so physical in the line of scrimmage as well as being able to catch the ball I think that puts him above Travis Kelsey in my opinion let me let me let me stop here there then um I'll, t- I'll take that on board if you were to ask me who the best tight end is I'd go Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey that's fine um George Kittle is he was that he was that standout player when they got when yeah. they reached the Super Bowl um, I, I like I get it because obviously the Chiefs they've got four or five proper standout players that have got them to them heights. Yeah. But the Forty Niners aren't. You wouldn't say they've got amazing players. They maybe got no. three or four. Um, but the the question I've got for you, this is a hypothetical one. In a few years' time, let's go two, three years down the road. How old would George Kittle be? 20, 28, 29, 30, Yeah. Do you reckon the in some cases, the second best draft prospect out of this year's draft, yeah. Carl Pitts, yeah. will be better than him. And, yeah, better than him, actually, if he's your top one. Do you reckon he could, he could get to that level? If if the hype around Carl Pitts rings true, yeah. He's the same, he's the same type Pitts. of build. Yeah. Same type of build, same and, type of player. And Carl Pitts has said he built his, his, his play around Kelsey... But I think, I you know, obviously that's an idol. I, I, I think if you're in that position coming into the NFL, you're going to build around both of them. And Gronk. Yeah. I just think it's stupid not to. Yeah. It's like if you're going into football, you're going to watch Ronaldo, you're going to watch Messi, you're going to watch Mbappe, and you're going to watch Haaland. It's, yeah. it's just what you do. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
But that's interesting. Yeah, you think he's gonna? I think that's... he will. I think he will. Twenty nineteen, wow. he went thirteen and three with the Forty Niners, obviously since the Super Bowl. Twenty twenty, yeah. six and ten, and as I said before, less than five games. Sure. But him and that Forty Niners side, they look so much better. Yeah, absolutely. They look almost untouchable, mm. and one of the biggest characters in the league, one of the most entertaining players to watch in the league, instrumental to the 49ers. Great stuff. Number four, Brandon. Nick Chubb of the Browns. Correct. Yes. So, Nick Chubb, 2018, round two. He was a second round pick. He's had two Pro Bowls in three years of being in the league. Jesus. 2019 and 2020. So as a starting running back, he's a hundred percent record in the Pro Bowl. And in twenty nineteen, they were still a losing team. They oh went six God. and ten, and he's still got Pro that Bowl. That proves that shows something. Yeah, that shows uh, something. This season, he had two hundred twenty-one running attempts, twelve touchdowns, one thousand two hundred twelve yards, seventeen. Sorry, did you say twenty-one running attempts? Two hundred twenty-one running oh, attempts. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Twenty-one running attempts and twelve touchdowns are pretty good. Uh, Seventeen and fifteen as a starter, so eleven and five in the twenty twenty season, yeah. and six and ten. But he was only bought in halfway through as a starting running back in the, in the twenty in the twenty nineteen season. Right, one of the quietest people in the league. Now, if you watch Mike Up, or if you watch any of the stuff on YouTube to do with the Cleveland Browns, he doesn't say anything. No. He comes off, he gives a high five, and he goes, "Good job." And he sits down yeah. and he listens to his coach and he takes it in and he goes again. Humble, amazing player, built like an absolute machine. Yeah. And again, I mean, that's the point of this top five is he makes the Browns better. It's a bit, it's like the George Kitchen yeah. thing. It's like that Browns team now, you look at your Nick Chubbs, you look at your Baker Mayfield, you look at your Miles Garrett. Mm. Who's their wide receiver again? What's his name? OBJ or Jarvis Landry. Uh, well, you've got, of course, mm. you've got OBJ there. He was injured for half the season last year. But you look at that team and you're scared. Nick Chubb reminds me of a bit like the uh, Derek Henry type. Guy. Yes. He just rams through people. He does He's... not give a crap about anyone yeah. else. He just does whatever he wants. Slightly smaller, more compact. Mm. But he still has the same effect. The guy is a truckload. Yeah. To, um, defenders guarding him, I would not like to do that. No. I'd be scared my shoulder would break in, even through the pads. Well, I mean, two... Oh, sorry, carry on. The guy's thighs are... Yeah. Poor. Massive. Huge. <laughs> you say 221 carries. 12 touchdowns. In 16 games, 221 carries is a lot. So they trust him. They've got a lot yeah. of trust in him. That's what they need. And Stefanski he came from Dalvin Cook to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. Big wide receiving rooms, uh, running back Correct. rooms for Stefanski. That's what he loves. Number three. Devontae Adams. Brandon is on a roll here. <gasps> three out of three. Oh, the, the last two are going to be a tricky one, though, because <laughs> I know how much you love one of them. The, the Green Bay Packers wide receiver is... You, you look at what has happened in the Packers organisation in the last two years, and you're like, why haven't they gone out and given Rodgers more talent? Mm. And I think... That's where it makes him even better. Yeah. Devontae Adams was a 2014 round two pick. Four Pro Bowls in four years. 2017 to 2020, he has not missed a Pro Bowl. Jeez. Yes, Rodgers is thrown to him. One of the best QBs of all time. He's allowed Green Bay to the playoffs more than Rodgers, in my opinion. 
And I say this because although it's Rogers throwing the ball, he's been seen in triple coverage and he's still come out with the ball for a touchdown. He's their main one. He's, he's pretty much their only one. Who? Like Valdez Scatling is there. Yeah. I don't know about him. I know his name because it's a pretty cool name. And he wears like number 86 or something. Like, that's all I know about him. But there isn't another big wide receiver in Green Bay. No. And there hasn't been in, since, well, that I'm aware of, since Devontae Adams entered the league in 2014. This season, he had 133 receptions, 174 targets, 20 touchdowns, 1,507 yards. And yeah. made it to the NFC playoffs. I think, like like you said, the main thing about that is that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have anyone else really to throw no. to. He's Devontae Adams goes in week in, week out. The teams knowing that the ball is going to him. And he has to take that pressure on his shoulders yeah. every single week saying, right, I'm going to get 9, 10, 11. Th- throw me the 11. ball, Rodgers. Still throw me the ball, Aaron. I'm there, I promise you. You can guarantee throw me the ball. And he does it. That's what makes him great because oh. even with him... And obviously it shows that, I don't, I don't know about his injury history, mm. but he can't be getting injured that much if they're no. still being able to get to them, yeah. them playoffs every single year and he's made the Pro Bowl full time, four times. You're, getting, you're, you're taking basically every single shot Rogers throws down the pitch. You're not getting injured and you're doing it week in, week out. Yeah. And you keep doing it and you're staying fit and you're getting Pro Bowls like, what a man. I mean, that's, that's the other thing is that he goes under the radar as a receiver, in my opinion. You look at the D-Hops, you look at the Odell Beckham Juniors, the Mike Godwin, not Mike Godwin, I always do this, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Yeah. You know, you look at the big names, and he's still a big name, but he's he's always, I don't know why, but he's overlooked. Maybe he says him on the Super Bowl. It could be that. Who knows? It could be that. Number two. <sighs> I'm struggling with this, because Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Donald... I know you love Aaron Donald, mm. even if he is one of your rivals. <laughs> but Patrick, and he is, like you saw him on the Hard Knocks last year, and it's just, it's the Aaron Donald show, basically. Oh, yeah. But Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, and he's basically the new, well, he's not going to be the new Brady. I'm going to put number two, Aaron Donald. He's got a full house again. Oh, thank <laughs> God! Yes! 2014, round one. Pick 13, three defensive player of the years, one defensive rookie of the year, seven straight Pro Bowls, four first team Pro Bowls. Seven straight? Seven straight. He hasn't missed a Pro Bowl since entering the league. So he got the Pro Bowl his first year his as first well? First year. My God. NFL 2010's all decade team, and he joined in 2014. So there was four years without him no in the way. league. And he got in the all-decade team. Took round... I'm not going to say single-handedly, but... had say single-handedly. Yeah, <laughs> took the Rams to the Super Bowl, where it was arguably the most boring Super Bowl in history. That's basically him, though. Yeah. He stopped Brady, Gronk and Edelman from scoring more than 15 points yeah. or whatever it was. And then this season, 49 tackles, 15 and a half sacks... Fifteen and a half sacks. It's like Madden, like that video is game numbers. Stupid numbers. Four forced fumbles. I'm, I've said this about the Bills, and I don't think we say it enough about the Rams. They're an offensive-focused team. Mm. 
with the best defence in the league. It is stupid. Jalen Ramsey went from being the most talked about cornerback to just a player in the, in the Rams. Yeah. Because of Aaron Donald's impact, because of how much of a game changer he is, if you have him, the defence has to work double, double as hard. Under Sean McVay and Aaron Donald, the Cardinals have never beaten the Rams. Now that is a fact. And I hate it, but I also love it because Aaron Donald is a phenomenal player. Yeah. But if that seven Pro Bowls in seven seasons in the league... Okay, here's James. Cheers, Siri. Uh, oh, Siri's going off everywhere. Uh, he loves him as well. <laughs> yeah, it's just... It's insane. The man is a machine. Now, JJ Watt coming to the Cardinals, obviously there's bias, but he's the, he's the best defensive player in the league. Easily. Easily. All you need to say is seven Pro Bowls, seven years. Mm. And if anyone doesn't know the Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl is basically from each side, they choose basically the best players in each like, position. Like the, the abound, like, like the team of the year for the Bowl. Yeah, it's like yeah, the yeah, team, yeah. team of the year. But the guy is... I don't, there's not much to say about He's him. Aaron Donald. That's, Aaron that's Donald. It's what you say. AD. Yeah. So, number one, the magician himself. Yeah. I mean... That throw in the Super Bowl where he's literally at like a two degree angle, horizontal or to the floor. It oh, I mean, you can't say much about him. I like with Aaron Donald being Aaron Donald. Mahomes is Mahomes. Yeah, and people were doubting him before he got drafted. Mm. I mean, he's got to be the one laughing now. But Tell us some stats, Ben. I want to hear these. These must be so insane. 2017, 10th pick overall. Let's just... Uh, uh, 2017, was that Trubisky? I think Trubisky was taken before him. Yeah. Uh, Super Bowl champion MVP. Offensive player of the year and league MVP in 2018. Three times pro bowler every year in the league as well. Same as Aaron Donald. Lost eight games in regular seasons since entering the league. Texans 2019 and the 49ers in the Super Bowl. When he played against them, it was two of the biggest comebacks in that season. To win the AFC Championship playoff game and the Super Bowl. And in order to beat Mahomes, in seven of his eight losses in the season, you needed more than 24 points to beat him. That's three touchdowns with a kick. I mean, with, with, like, you, you can have the stats, but then to say you need three touchdowns with a field goal kick to beat the man, I don't think anyone needs to be said. That is an impact player if you have one. Yeah. Like, I think he's the guy, like... He's the new face of the NFL. It's been Brady mm. for the last 20 years. He is now the new face of the NFL. And I think there's there's a stat you said there. What did you say? 50, 50 wins and 8 losses in his career or something? What was it? Uh, he's only lost 8. He's only lost 8 in 3 years. And I think before the Super Bowl, he'd only lost, he hadn't lost a game in 24 or something <laughs> ridiculous like that. Because um, they they'd lost like the first game of the 2019 mm. season then won every single other one. But the thing that... The thing that's crazy about it is, is you see some of the games and you see some of the plays that Andy Reid gives him and he's literally just like tossing the ball underarm 
And the thing that makes him an impact player is that Andy Reid has trust in this guy to just pass the ball to Travis Kelsey, whoever it is. He Curry does, Hill. Not, not yeah. a proper play. It's not a proper NFL, uh, American football play. It's literally like just throwing a ball. It's like, that's what it is to him. I, I reckon with Mahomes, you don't even need to give him a playbook. I reckon you could just, just say to him, oh, make the, receiver, make the receiver do that, make the other receiver do that, get the tight end to do that, get the running back to do that. And Mahomes will go in, say it, deliver. Yeah. And I like, you know, these guys have playbooks that are like five, that look like they're 500 pages big. They learn it off by heart. For Mahomes, it's, it's nothing. Easily. It's nothing. You know who it reminds me of? Did you see The Last Dance? The basketball thing. Yeah. Netflix, right. Last chance. Oh, yeah. Last, last, dance, with, uh, last Michael dance with Michael Jordan. Guess what Michael Jordan played before basketball? Baseball. Right. Guess what Patrick Mahomes Baseball. played? Baseball. Same thing, different sport. Patrick Mahomes is the Michael Jordan of the NFL. So, we've had the normal music that would lead us into our predicted riot, but we would both like to take this opportunity to apologise to our listeners because there won't be an I Predict to Riot in our last episode. There might be one next week with a little spin. You never know. But today, with the last 48 hours of pure roller coasters, Brandon is going to lead us into the sports talk this week. If people know that song, that is ABBA and that is... Money, money, money. And that is because this is going to be our last football talk of the season. Yeah. This is going to be our last main football talk forever as we are changing our structure of the podcast and going mainly NFL unless stories like this come around. Yeah. But we will not be having a football talk every week, unfortunately. But this last 48 hours is, has been the biggest thing to happen in football history. It's the Super League, where 12 teams, six from England, three from Italy and three from Spain, went into their own league and tried to create their own league with no relegation, no promotion. and No, no, no matter how you finished in your own league, your domestic league, the Premier League, Syria or La Liga, you're still going to be in this, earning £350 million a year. Fiorentina Perez, the president of Real Madrid, you should be ashamed of yourself. You are scum. And them six owners from England, and then three other, right, then six owners from the other teams, you are absolute scum. This would have been the end of football, but without fans coming together in the last 48 hours, we have turned this around from these American and American greedy. Bastards who wanted to take away our sport. It's it's the biggest thing to happen in football. And it's the fans have prevailed as always. And it has to be changed now. These owners got to get out because they are about to ruin the history of English football. Which has been in place for the last 150 years. You're a bit annoyed, Brandon. I'm actually, I'm really angry. <laughs> I'm really angry. I, I've known you for, God, what? Well, properly for six years now. Mm. Just, probably even seven. Yeah, I think it is about seven now. 
I've never seen you this enraged about anything. I, I you know, I enjoy football. I, I like going to games. I like talking about it. But, you know, it's not my main focus. For you, it's been your focus for 20 years on this planet. Yeah. And being a fan of Arsenal... Bromley. Uh, being the thing a, is, Bromley yeah. affects... Bromley were affected by this if it were to happen because the Premier League, when they get their money, they take it for themselves. That's absolutely fine. You can take it for yourself. But then it drops down into all the other leagues and it goes mm. down to the National League. It goes down into non-league. If they were to move over to this breakaway league and because they, they said, they originally said we would stay in our Premier League and things like that, mm. which the Premier League weren't happy about. They were like, right, if you're moving over, we're kicking you out anyway. None of that would have happened. They didn't have any care for the world about this. These owners were going to ruin the love of football in this country, the competition that has been in place for over 150 years with this scheme, the promotion and relegation scheme. It's, it was a joke. They tried to Americanize. They tried to turn it into the NFL yeah. and the NBA and the MLB and the NHL, which is fine because that works over there. It works in America because it's been in place for the last 100 years. It doesn't work here. Don't try and change the culture of this country just because you have a bit more money than everyone else. I, I couldn't agree more, you know. There's, there's more than just a franchise in place. And we, we've spoken about it at some point through, through our time talking about American football in these last nine weeks. Is that, you know, over there fans jump. They just jump club to club. Oh, yeah. I'm going to support them because of so-and-so. Here it's built on history. It's built on so much more than just who's doing well. Like, there's almost like an unwritten rule that you support your local team or your dad's team. Yeah. Like, you know, as, as a boy, for me, my dad didn't watch football. He didn't have a team. You know, he did in rugby, so I support a certain team in rugby. But I'm a Palace fan because they're my local club. They're my local club. I support them. And, you know, that's the other thing with Palace is that we're not, we're not a... We're not a glorious club. We're a proper South London working class club. And that's what football is. And that's is. what football is. People spend the 250 quid a year, 400 quid a year, 800 quid a year on these clubs because it's, for some people it's all they have. It's all they have. And it not only is it all they have, not only is it where they go and be themselves, family ties, history... It's so much more than just, oh, yeah, I'm going to support them because they're there. Or, I'll go and watch the sport because it gives me something to do. It, it's not like it is in America. It's it's heart, soul, blood, sweat, tears. Like, you saw it with Chelsea and Stamford Bridge. How many people turned up? Yeah. And Petr Cech pleading the fans to just let the team into the ground and stuff. And it's like, you wouldn't get that in America. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't even get that in a lot of other football nations. I mean, South America, I think, is an exception. And obviously, like, Turkey and some other Eastern, Asian, uh, Eastern European countries. But we aren't America. We're, we're Britain. We're Europe. And football is more than football. It's more than a sport. It's a lifestyle. It's, it's, it's how people... I mean, people, it goes without go saying. Yeah. People go to work and get a wage. So they can afford their season tickets. Mm. People go to work and get a wage. So they can have the chance to go and watch their team. People, people get can, afford, yeah. uh, People go to work and get a wage. So they can pay for Sky and BT. Who charge people £150 a month to watch. Sky and BT, they haven't got to say this. They're hypocrites. Right, mm. Gary Neville, right. 
He's done a lot over the last few days. I, I really respect it. But he worked for Sky, who used to... He was charging people £15 yeah. a game and BT to watch, watch their team play, whereas six months before, they were doing it for free. Mm. And once again, the fans prevailed, the fans moaned, the fans protested, the fans argued, and they got it rescinded. The thing is with this country, football, like you say, football is a lifestyle. Yeah. Football isn't a... Sport isn't a lifestyle in America. I don't think. I've, I've been to America a couple of times. Yeah. I've never seen anything as, I, I as think, bad as this. I think you get the odd super fan. Mm. But here, a super fan is a normal fan. Yeah. And then you have the ultras, like with Palace. You know, just as an example, because it's the one that I know of. You go to the game and there's, there's a thousand people behind that goal, non-stop chanting sweating, pissed out their skulls because it's how they know their Saturdays and Sundays to be. You can't take that away from them. And Pat McAfee, perfect example. I don't know if you saw this. You know, he's a former NFL kicker, very good presenter, very knowledgeable. He made a tweet about the Super League and he went, I don't understand what the fuss is about. It's the best 12 to 15 teams in Europe coming together in a league that you're going to only see the best players. And then a British journalist went onto the show and McAfee held his hands up and after the explanation that he's basically given that me and you have said, McAfee went, I see it. It's a different ballpark. Yeah. It's a different ball game. Football out there is not like soccer here. It's not like NFL here. It's not like NHL here. It's not like MLB here. It's not like NBA here. Football is heart and soul of 90% of this country. 90% of the world. 90% of the world. And if you take that away from, as you've rightly said, the fans who fund the club, who let the, fun, who let the club be what they are, stupid. I think it's... It's just... It's the owners not understanding. Yeah. Because the majority of these owners are American. Are American. The ones that... Um, Chelsea, Manchester City. Chelsea, obviously, are owned by Roman Abramovich, who is uh, Russian. Mm. Um, and Manchester City, I don't know what's, what's his name. I don't know what his name is. I don't is. know, he's from like Qatar he's, or yeah, Saudi Arabia. Mm. They, weren't, they, they were the two teams who initially first came out yesterday night saying, we don't want to be part of this. And I've heard that they were the first two teams initially who were more dragged into it rather than wanting to go in. Yeah. Because they understand it more. The Ameri- Imagine going to America... And saying to the NFL, being an owner of the NFL, t- uh, let's say being the owner of the Patriots, the Chiefs, uh, the Buccaneers, the Packers, the, the Giants, the, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and the 12 biggest teams, and say, oh, you know what? Let's actually just change all this format, and so there's relegation and promotion. Yeah. And the worst three teams can go down, and we'll get some teams in from Canada to yeah. join. Imagine going that to the NFL. They'd be like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Yeah. That's exactly the same as what they were trying to do here, just the other way around. Other way around. Mm. You can't do that. Yes, it's great if you see Real Madrid play Liverpool every week, but not for British fans, not for European fans. Mm. In America, like you said, surely what Pat McAfee said, it's surely great. Everyone sees the best things and the best thing. Uh, teams play the best teams. But Jurgen Klopp's interview on Monday night before the game, he said... We don't want to see Liverpool play Real Madrid every week. Mm. You're meant to get them special games in the Champions League where you play them once every 10 years. Yeah. 
Like the like the Liverpool Barcelona game a few years ago. Unbelievable game. You wouldn't get that if yeah. they joined all together because it's not special, and that's what football is. That's why the FA Cups died because all they cared about since two thousand is money. Since the Premier League came in, all anyone cares about is money. Football died. People say football before our time. People say before we were born, football was already dead yeah. because these owners came in and they changed the scope of it. The Premier League used to be part of the EFL. It used to be Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, Division Four. The Premier League came in, split it all up, and said, we, have, we want 20 teams instead of 24 teams, and we're going to have our own thing, and then we're, the, the EFL came in. That's what they were trying to do here, but it's, it's more significant now because there's too much money involved, and they're trying to actually take away from the structure, the, the pyramid structure that the UK has been renowned for for its sport in the last 100 years. Like, mm. you can't change something like this. No. That's the thing, is that, going back to it, is that every, well, not every team, like, you know, but you you look at the Liverpools, you look at the Arsenals, you look at the West Hams, the Millwalls, they've come from working class people in the late 1800s, right? That's the foundation. That's the building blocks they've come from. They've come from playing on a patch of grass in the middle of a park in their area, and that's their territory. And that's what the fans have adopted. The fans have their territory, and... Not only is the territory their ground they play on, it's the sport they love. And it's the people they love playing for their shirt. Or not playing for their shirt for some, for some players. But American owners, as you've rightly said, you know, their franchises started the same time ago. But because they're playing the same teams every year, it's a bit like... Oh, but that's fine. That's fine. That's because fine. that's where their foundation was. Yeah. That's where the bricks started getting laid for them. Here... It's not like that. Here, if it was like that 100 years ago, fine, do it. it. Build onto it. It it may grow the game, but it's, no, stupid. I mean, the only positive I took of it was actually a bit of a joke. Palace might actually get European football, but knowing us, we'll probably finish 14th regardless because that's where it seems to be a fucking magnet for us, right? (laughs) But I don't even know how Arsenal Spurs got invited, to be fair. (laughs) But it's like, uh, yeah. Liverpool and Man United, arguably the two biggest clubs in the world. They were the ones driving it. Yeah. Two American owners. Uh, but the, that's Glazers, the, the Glazers own the oh, Buccaneers. That's, that's the thing. That, and th- did you see what the Buccaneers um, owner statement ca- that came out before, I, before the apology? It was three he basically yeah, yeah. And he basically said, uh, this was before the apology, this was then they were announced. And he was like, I don't know why the fans are complaining. And it's like, you, then you don't get the sport. Why are you an owner? And this is where Germany have it right, in our opinions. Yeah. You know, they're 51-49. Yeah. So the 51, I understand, please correct me if I'm wrong, to be that they kind of have the final say if there needs to be a say. Yeah. And they have the money to say, this is what we need to do. Who are the fans? The fans are 51. Are they? Oh, I I was not aware of that. I thought it was the other way around. So, but that's the thing. So they have the 49% of the funding to say, right, this is where we go with the money. But it's the fans' final say. Yeah. And that's why Bayern and Dortmund didn't get involved in this mess. Because it's the fans. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know how PSG didn't, but fair play to them. Mm. But they were probably four hours away from being handed the Champions League final trophy. The yeah. Champions League trophy. Yeah. I think it was meant to be... I think they were going to say, by Friday, yeah. they were going to say whether these other three teams are going to get kicked out. Exactly. The thing that... The, like, I'm fine, okay? Well, I'm, I'm not fine. 
But I understand these big corporations like the Manchester United, Liverpool's, your Chelsea's, your Arsenal's getting bought by billionaire owners from yeah. America. That's that's life. That's business. You're gonna get the biggest teams being bought by the most, ex- most biggest richest people. person. Yeah. yeah. But don't change, don't change a lifestyle. Okay. Mm. Like that's fine. Yeah. You buy it. That's cool. That's cool. But think about the people who are below you who are paying your wages. All right. Because technically, the fans are the only people and sponsors who really pay for these players. Yeah. It's like, which I'm not saying that it's not the players or coaches' fault because they weren't involved in it. But these owners are getting in their racks because the fans are going to the games. They're buying the merchandise. They're the people that you need to care about. And the statements yesterday, all six Premier League clubs left at around the same time. It was about half ten. They all released a statement. Arsenal were the only one that apologised initially. Arsenal were the only team that apologised. And that wasn't Cronky. That's the board of um, the chief executive mm. and things like that. That's not Cronky. He does not give a shit. He's been to two games. He, he one of the FA Cup he, game. He's been in charge of 15 years. He wants to fund the Rams, the Nuggets and his NHL team. That's what he wants to do. It's And that 350 million admission fee was going to be gorgeous to him. Yeah. So, ah, uh, I mean, what you said is... Uh, really interesting. I'm trying to remember it now. You said a lot in a very short it's space of time. Sorry. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> but hopefully it comes back to me before we finish recording. But you're absolutely... Oh, that's it. The sponsorships. You know, the fans are the only ones there who aren't on a contract. Mm. Like, even the people in the boxes are probably on contracts of some sorts. But the people who go into the stands every week are the only ones not obliged to do anything by with the, the club. Buy the hot dogs, buy the yeah, programmes. Buy the beers, buy the Fantas, buy the Cokes. Use the facilities. They're the only ones not obligated to. They're the ones who make your club what it is. Yeah. Imagine Palace without the Ultras. It would be so quiet, it would be dead. It would be a terrible ground in South London. I mean, we spoke about this literally last week with the stadiums in, in the Premiership. And I just... Oh... It pains me, obviously not as much as you, but just the fact that it was even going in that direction, I was, I was, it, it made me not sick, but it made me, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Disappointed, I think is the best way of putting I it. I think it pains me more because my team was involved in it. Yeah. Like, if, which I, I'd say, right, I've seen this a lot. If, say, like you or Everton or West Ham are invited to it and the owner's got £350 million there, he's not going to... He's going to be like, oh, actually, mm. this may be a good idea. I don't want to be left out, actually. I'm going to get that money. I think the majority of clubs, if they were offered the chance, they would go in it. Yeah. Because it's it's a beautiful sight, that, that green. That green is a beautiful <laughs> sight. But being one of them clubs, when you know your owner does not care about you... Yeah. And he doesn't care about... Look, I haven't been to an Arsenal game in six years, okay? That's fair, because I've got Bromley. But I've... My first ever game was an Arsenal game. My dad supports Arsenal. My granddad supports Arsenal. His granddad supports Arsenal. Arsenal's been going through my family. It's in your blood. It's in my blood. It's in my blood. And, yeah, that's fair. I have not been to an Arsenal game since the Galatasaray final in 20... Well, not definitely not final. It was a Champions League game. I think it was 2016. I've not been to an Arsenal game then. But that doesn't mean I still... That doesn't mean I don't still love the club. No. I don't go to Arsenal, Ben. 
because the fucking ticket prices. Ridiculous. You're 60 quid at Arsenal to get right at the top of the stands. You pay 60 quid to get the worst seats in the house. That's the other thing as well. These owners have come in and they're charging people. We've got Arsenal have the highest season ticket prices in the world. I think it's about £2,000 a season. That's ridiculous. Right? And I, I respect, I, I clap my hands on people who pay that much money because they're the real, real proper fan. They're the proper diehard fans. Yeah. I can't afford to go out to North London every week. My dad couldn't afford to go out to North London every week with me or my brother. Mm. That's why we chose Brumley because it's an affordable club and that's what Arsenal used to be. And that's what these big six teams used to be back in the 70s, 80s. They used to be the club where you could go. Yeah. You could pay £10 for a ticket and go and watch there. You could go to Old Trafford and Anfield and pay £10-£15 and still watch your team. Now it's, it's changed. It's changed. Imagine Man City, right? 15 years ago, they were in Division 2 at the <laughs> time. They've just been... Re- 20 years ago, they've been relegated back down from the Premier League into Division 2. 8, 10, 15... What was it? 2008, you always see the meme online. 2008, you see Man City losing to Middlesbrough 8-0 yeah. at home. Right? They're made of money. Manchester oh, City yeah. are made they're, of money. They have no history. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. Arsenal, Manchester United, Chelsea... Well, Chelsea to an extent. They've only been around for 50... So, 20, 25 years. Not, not massive. No. Tottenham, they, they were around back in the day. They were made on these fans. Every club's made on these fans. But Man City is, an, is a great example of what money can do to a club. Yeah. It and ruins it. That, they don't even get full stadiums. That's where I feel very fortunate having Parrish as our CEO. Is that everything he does is for the fans. He's even, he even took transfers into his own hands mm. in January. Because he knew what the fans wanted. Like There's a quote that is put in FIFA the game and is known for a lot of football fans who just read is that Parrish has always said in the Homesdale stand seats are there for obligation doesn't mean you have to sit in them they're there because he knows that with Palace you're going to get 10,000 in that stand or however many sit there and they're going to non-stop be there it's the same in the Cop it's probably the same in Goodison it's, it's the same in Villa Park yeah. you know because they're the clubs where the owners care and until we have that continuously, football won't be back. And I don't think VAR is going to go until the owners stand up and say something again. And this could be the this could be the blessing that these American owners needed. I do hope so. And it, they could realise, oh shit, they are all for this club. And if that happens, great. And we could see the changes that we need to see in the game to make the game what it was thirty years ago. Yeah. And if that happens then with the players we have in the league, with the talent we have around the world, football's going to be undoubtedly the number one sport in the world again. It's, it is. It's it is still, but I reckon basketball is growing yeah. and F1 is growing and football's becoming more and more tedious for a lot of people. But now this has kind of... It's, it's, it's almost like a, a civil rights movement to, yeah. to a degree with the amount of people it's affected... And maybe it's kind of said to the to the owners, oh, this this is a club for the people. And if 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 they go f- if they carry on with that mentality for the rest of their days at the clubs, it'll be easier for them. It'll be easier for the fans. Football will be back to what football should be in this country. Yeah, exactly. You you summed up 
really nicely there. Mm. It's football is for the fans, and like you say, I hope that they they actually. To be fair, to be fair to them, a lot of them they listened to the fans yeah. yesterday. They all listened to the fans, and they all said in their state. Well, the majority have said in their statements, "We've heard you," but now you can't just hear us once, no. right? You've got to hear us all the time, right? The Premier League, all these owners, you've got to hear us moaning about VAR. If it means we have to protest again, by all means. Because you saw the Chelsea fans, they were there at 6 o'clock last night. By 8 o'clock, Chelsea were like, oh yeah, we were out. Yeah. They thought they're fine. You've seen, the, you've seen the videos of them all celebrating. If that's down to, if that's down to Roman Abramovich just, just doing what he wants, or if Roman Abramovich has seen all the Chelsea fans outside, the fans have had an impact on that. And it was a domino effect. Now, we have to... If football's for the fans, like the owners now say it is, choose it, prove it, reduce ticket prices, reduce season ticket prices, reduce everything. Programmes are like £4.50 now. Like, come on now. Jesus. Like, Sky BT, reduce your costs. Gary Neville on there. Yet, like I said earlier on, he was an advocate for this happening. Yeah. But you're employed by Sky, who are charging 150 quid a month for people to watch TV. Reduce them. Mm. If football's for the fans, you've got to get rid of all these money. Because like we've said, football is a working class sport. And working class people cannot afford this. Do you think City hopped on the bandwagon for getting out of the Super League? I think they all have. I, I, think, all... I, I, think, I think what we know is almost the golden four, the old four of, of Liverpool, Arsenal... Chelsea United and Chelsea yeah. I think they all meant it I, I, I do but I'd say with Tottenham I'm 50-50 but I think City did it as a bandwagon I, there's no history there there's nothing there that could, that could have been the beginning for City although everyone views 2012 as it with Mancini and, and Aguero um, I think City hopped on the bandwagon on that I think you know, Juve is still there, Real Madrid's still there, and Barca's still there. I think City want to be there still, and they've only done it because they've gone, oh, well, okay, I guess, I guess we'll do it. You know, every other club's done it, and to be honest, we can't really be bothered with the fans outside our stadium. So yeah, we'll, we'll hop on it, and we'll, and we'll say goodbye. So you think? I think that's what's happened. Interesting. They're such a money-orientated club that, I mean, even Pep said, you know, a month or two ago, Oh yeah, we're the be- we have we have the best players in the world because we have the biggest budget in the world. Out of them six clubs, they are the ones made from money, yeah. which is fair, hundred percent. Um, but I'd I'd argue that because their owner isn't American, and it seems like the Americans are Manchester United and Liverpool, the Glazers and John mm. Henry Wazer, they were the driving force, and they're both Americans. They got Cronky involved and things yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, Man City are definitely. The money club out there, them six teams, they have they have zero history no. up until twenty twelve. Um, the thing I read, which I think really sums it up perfectly, is what Marcelo Bielsa said mm. um, before Monday night. He said, um, "The love is when the weak can beat the powerful." Yeah. Now, if you have this Super League, there is no weak unless you Spurs. Uh, <laughs> and Arsenal, well, I'll put Arsenal in there. Go on then. But there is no week. There's no love there. No. You have to... It's like the, the Robin, joy of it. It's the Robin Hood effect, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's David versus Goliath. That's why we used to love the FA Cup. Mm. That's why me as a Bromley fan, I love the FA Cup. That's why I 
travelled to Bristol Rovers last uh, two mm. seasons ago, home and away, to go and see us play in the FA Cup. It's the greatest game I ever went to for a Bromley fan because we can beat the powerful. Bromley, the National League, beat League One Bristol Rovers who were seventh in League One at that time. <laughs> there was what? What's that? Like a 30, 40 place gap? Yeah. Right? That's why we love it. Because the... Because the FA Cup is the essence of English football. That's where the your Wimbledons in the 1990s beat Liverpool in the FA Cup final. That's where Wrexham of League uh, Division 4 of back in the day beat Division 1 Arsenal. Mm. That's why we love it. And the FA Cup has died because the owners don't give a shit about the history of the cup. All they care about is, oh, there's not enough money in it. Yeah. It's like the Champions League. This new format, which was announced the other day, with the 36 teams which we've spoken about um, previously, they're moaning because they're not getting enough money because it's being distributed into more teams now. Money. And that's what it is for them now. That's why people were saying on Sunday night, oh, this, this, is, this Super League isn't going to happen. It's literally just a threat to UEFA for saying, give us more money or we're going to do this. And guess what? They're probably going to get more money now, otherwise they're going to be threatened again with another Super League. That's all they care about now. The love of the, late, the, love of the game is lost. And Marcelo Bielsa sums it up perfectly about that, saying it the weak can beat the powerful, and that's why we love this sport. Where better to end? Where better to end? I don't know what else to say. I think everyone's had their own opinions. You've had such a roller coaster in the last forty-eight hours that, in England at least, at least it's you know it's it's back to normality to a sense. To a degree. To, for hopefully, now. hopefully for the Hope, rest of our lives. Hopefully well. for the rest of our lives. And the rest of British football, football history. history. But to our listeners, we, we thank you for listening to season one with us. We've had a whale of a time doing this. Uh, as, as Brandon mentioned previously, we will be going forward with solely NFL content. Obviously, unless, done this unless, <laughs> or, or actually, I don't, I, I don't hope we cover football again because it's probably going to be about <laughs> this rubbish again. Uh, and the season review, season review, Euro Championship special, possibly World Cup special, hopefully World Cup special. Oh, that's nice and year. England coming home with a trophy. Touchwood, if you're with me. Or what is it? Um, Josh John Gruden says, "Knock on wood if you're with me." Wait, I do. I do have something else. I do have something else. Oh God, this is this is nerve. This right, is Ben. Can 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 you um can you say for me? Wait, 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 wait. Listeners, please, please stay on board with us. Uh, <laughs> ben, can you say for me? What, what can I say for you? Can you say for me? Football is for the fans. Football is for the fans. <laughs> Thank you very much for watching. We've been Brandon and Ben. Bye-bye.